We want to appreciate you so much this evening for your grace and mercy. We appreciate you, Father, for that precious blood, that fountain that oozed out of Emmanuel's veins, that makes us as white as snow. We are so privileged to serve such a wonderful and mighty God. Father, we know that you are here to feed us this evening. We ask you to forgive us of all our trespasses and wash us with your dear precious blood. Accept us in your presence, Heavenly Father. Lord, we are so much in need of you. Because without you, we can do nothing. We are entirely depending on you, King of Glory. Father, get me out of the way and have your own way with us, Father. Speak to us, King of Glory. For we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I greet you so much this evening in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and welcome you to this service. Uh, we shall turn in our Bibles for the reading of the word and we shall read from Psalms Psalms 71 
We shall read from the 19th verse. Psalms 9, uh, 71, verse 19. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Thou which hast shewed me Great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. I want us to share this evening just around what we have read those few verses. And my title is You who has shown me great troubles will revive me again. Amen. Amen. You'll quicken me again or you'll revive me again. You who has shown me great troubles will quicken me again or will revive me again. And I'm getting my inspiration from verse 20. Thou which has showed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again. And verse 20 says, 21 it says, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Thou which has showed me, okay, thou shalt increase. Ojakuo, not oyongerenga. Naya ojakuongeranga. Mkamafiabazu. Thou shalt increase my greatness. Ojakuongeranga kubukuru wangi. And comfort me on every side. Erom Buddha Bude kubudirui. Man? You who has shown me great and sore troubles will revive me again. Amen? You who God himself you mean God can show us great and sore troubles? Can God allow them to come away? Oh, very much. 
God can allow troubles to come your way. And the Bible has said he can allow sower troubles. Sower and great troubles to come your way. But the good thing, the Bible is telling us after he has allowed them, then he will increase our strength. And he will comfort us on every side. Now God does not just allow those troubles anyhow to come your way. But he allows them for a purpose. And if he did not allow them for a purpose, then he would be a God of frustration. But our God is not a God of frustration. He is a loving God. He is a God of peace. But he allows those troubles for a purpose. You know that sometimes even your calling when he's calling us or when he's commissioning his people he can allow that commissioning or the calling to be so troublesome look at the calling of Paul the Bible says Paul used to serve God but not in the right way. And the Bible says, one day on his way to Damascus, after acquiring letters from the scribes and the Pharisees, to go and persecute the church of Christ, he thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was serving God. But the Bible says, on his way to Damascus, a pillar of fire struck him. And he fell down. And then a voice spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And him being a man who had read a lot of scrolls, he knew that that one was no one else other than the Lord himself. And he said, Lord, what would you desire me to do? And the Lord told him, it is very, very, I'm the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It is very hard for you to kick against the priest. Go to a street called Straight. And you'll meet there a man called Ananias. And he will tell you what to do. And God speaks to Ananias. And he tells him, go to such and such a place. There is my servant Saul. You lay your hands on him and you will open his eyes. And Ananias told the Lord, he said, Lord, you know how that man has persecuted the church of Christ. How will I go to him? And the Lord told him, that one is my chosen vessel. For I have chosen him. 
to go to the Gentiles and to go to the kings and to go to the whole of Israel because he's going to suffer greatly for my name's sake. And indeed, Paul suffered greatly. Paul was shipwrecked. One time he was beaten for the uh, uh, stripes. One time he was stoned. He suffered greatly. His commissioning involved a lot of suffering. All his work had a lot of suffering. But then after all that, God increased him. Amen. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Paul was greatly increased. Paul was a great man. Paul got a lot of revelations. To an extent, one time, no, the Bible says that he was caught in the third heaven. He saw what heaven is. He said, no eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived. What God has prepared for those ones that love him. After all suffering. God increased him. God comforted, comforted him. God can allow those troubles to come your way. But he does it for a purpose. God can put you on a hospital bed. And when you are there, then you remember. Then he'll call you from there. Then he'll commission you. And then use you. God can cause you to be imprisoned. And you has been so big headed. When you are alone there. Then he'll reveal himself to you. He can use any method he wants. But he does it for a purpose. Because our God is not the author of frustration. He's the God of peace. The Bible says in John 10, 7 Jesus was referring himself to the door of the sheepfold. He said, I'm the door to the sheepfold. Those ones who came before me were thieves and robbers. And our prophet told us that in those places of the Orientals where they rear a lot of sheep, the shepherd leads the sheep. Just like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me where there are still waters. 
awali amazza amate. He leads me where there are green pastures. He leads the sheep. And then after leading them, he, after they have fed, he brings them back home. And the prophet said, he counts them one by one. And then after ascertaining that they are all there, then he lays in the doorway. He becomes the door to the shipboard. Do you know that our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is the door to the sheepfold? Nothing can happen to you unless he has accepted it. Unless he has allowed it. He's the door to the sheepfold. Somewhere he said, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet none of them can fall to the ground without the knowledge of your heavenly father. And he said, yet he knows the number of your hair. And then he said, fear not. You are of great value that many sparrows. In other words, even when a sparrow falls, God is aware. He knows the number of your hair. So nothing can happen to you unless he has allowed it. Amen? Nothing, nothing can happen to you. He said, he who watches over Israel does not slumber, nor does he sleep. He's always watching after you. He said, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround those ones who fear him to deliver them. So he's ever watching us. But sometimes, he allows troubles to come away. Just for a purpose. He allows them to come away. The Bible says, in Romans 8.29, all things work together for good. With those ones who love the Lord. Those ones who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe you are called for a purpose? All things have to work together for good. The bad ones, the good ones. Everything has to work together. Sometimes I look at it. You know, God is looking for a character. He's looking for a shape in his children. All things have to work together. It is just like somebody when somebody is knitting like a cloth or a sweater. Thread is not to move in the same direction. Others move in this direction. Others, you know, he's making a pattern. 
But then finally he gets out a wonderful shape. Others are crisscrossed. You know, things are working together. I just look at it that way. The Lord takes you this side, yet he has a shape that is looking at. It is just like a potter. When a potter is modeling something, he already has a shape in mind. He has an image that he wants to bring out. But then he will get that clay and he starts modeling it. And then he breaks part of it and throws it down. He's creating a shape. We sing in that song, Have thy own way, Lord. Have thy own way. You are the potter. I'm just a lamp of clay. Mold me into the right shape that you want. While I'm yielded and still. Brethren, that's what we are supposed to do. God can use any method. But he already has a shape in mind. That he wants to bring out. So all things have to work together for good. The bad, the evil, all things are working together for good with those ones who love Those ones who are called for a purpose. God called you for a purpose. And he will allow all things to work together. Look at a man like Abraham. Do you believe Abraham was called for a purpose? Abraham was called Abraham to be the father of faith. But God allowed trouble to come Abraham's way. Amen? Abraham Abraham was born sterile. And his wife was buried. And they lived like that for quite long. And I believe they used to seek God about it. I believe they used to pray about it. When they used to look at their neighbors. Having children. It used to hurt them. And the Bible says, one time God appeared to Abraham. And he told him, Abraham, I am your shield. And you are exceeding great reward. Walk before me and be, be perfect. And Abraham told him, Lord, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. And this servant of mine, Eliezer, will be my heir. And God told him, not so, Abraham. I will give you your own child out of your loins. And that child will be the one to heir all that you have. 
And then after some time, he appears to Abraham again. He gives him the promise. Your wife Sarah will produce a child. And then after that promise, he has to wait for it. For so many years. 25 years. Waiting upon that promise. What is God trying to do? God is trying to create a character in Abraham. A character of patience. A character of loyalty. Abraham, look unto me. And be perfect. If I've given you a promise, this is up to me to fulfill it. Just wait upon it. Do you know that President God has given us precious promises? God has promised you the baptism of the Holy And our prophet confirmed it by saying that God is more willing to, to give you the Holy Ghost more than you are willing to receive you. But do you know we look at that promise it's preached over and over we know the value of that promise but we embark on it on seeking the Holy Ghost and bear after one month someone has already abandoned then what type of patience do you have? Abraham, Abraham had to wait for 25 years looking unto God to fulfill that promise. And then after 25 years God comes and fulfills it. Brethren, our God has never failed. And then after that he tests him more and more and more. And then finally, after trying him and testing him with so many hardships, Abraham emerges as victor. And God tells him, Abraham, Abraham your seed, that seed of faith will overcome all the gates of heaven. And Abraham called God Abraham, a God who calls those things which are not as if they were. Can you imagine a man who didn't have children? But Abraham dies after acquiring so many children. He gets Isaac. He gets others from Keturah. And it was as if Abraham had already children. So he called him a God who calls all things which are not as if they were. It was as if Abraham had already children. Brethren, that is the God whom we serve. After a lot of troubles, he will increase us. He will increase our greatness. He will comfort us on all sides. He will allow them to come your way. But with a purpose. You has caused great troubles. 
you will comfort me after some of those troubles. We and increase my strength. Look at Paul. He was a mighty man of God. After going through all those hardships. Look at a man like Moses. Moses born to be a deliverer of Egypt. Rather of Israel from Egypt. A deliverer of Israel. And when he grows old, the mother tells him the whole story. He grows in the palace. And the prophet says he had even to train. Knowing that he will deliver Israel. He trained in the military might. Became a great general. And when he had reached that height, God reveals himself to him. Abraham, you are not supposed to keep in the palace. You are a Jew. There is a great work for you. And Abraham leaves the palace. Abraham Rather, Musa leaves the palace Musa and he becomes a mad dabba. And the Bible says that while he was there, he finds his uh, uh, a, uh, a Jew fighting with uh, an Egyptian. And him being so trained in the military might, he just beats an Egyptian, buries him in the soil in the sands, within no time. And then after that, he finds two brethren, the, uh, the fellow Jews fighting with one another. He says, brethren, you are not supposed to fight. You are brethren. And they tell him, you, do you want to kill us? Just like you killed the other Egyptians. And from that moment, fear enters him. Trouble has started. God allowing situations to come your way so that he fulfills his purpose. And Moses runs away and goes to exile in Midian. Just hiding from Pharaoh. After what had gone round. That he killed an Egyptian. And buried him in the sand. And there he's far away. The prophet says far away from civilization. From the great Egypt. Back to the village in Midian and he's tendering after his father-in-law's ship. And the prophet says God had to wash away all that knowledge he had. The knowledge he had acquired for 40 years God had to rub it out of him. And then after 40 years, God appears to him in a burning bush. And he calls him Moses, Moses. I'm the father 
I'm the God of your fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now I'm sending you to deliver my children. And Moses says, Lord, it cannot be. He gives so many excuses. He tells God, unless you go with me, I will not go. And God tells him, certainly I'll go with you. And Moses calls on that commission. And Moses Musa delivers Israel. Those hard-hearted people. Very stubborn. Who used to chide him from time to time. Until he reached a moment. When God had told him to strike the rock once, through that anger he struck it twice. And God told him, because you have done that, you will never reach that promise. Land. And the Bible says, Moses looked at that land when he was almost dying. But he could not enter it. Can you imagine all those troubles around him? And some of the prophets says, he looked at that land and he shed tears. He remembered the stubbornness of these people. Now all that he has done, all his effort is futile. Troubles all over him until he died. But the Bible says, even after his death, the archangel Michael had to dispute with Satan over the body of Moses. I believe God. Arranged the, the, the burial of Moses himself. And then after many, many years. Now God in flesh. In the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes his disciples. Peter, John and James. To that mountain of transfiguration. And then there, he's transfigured. And on one side there is Elijah. On this side there is Moses. Moses a victor already. Moses increased in strength. After passing through all those troubles. Look at a man like Job. Job was a wealthy man. Job was a very wise man. Job was a child of God. He had eternal life. The Bible says, Bible he was a great man in Palestine. People used to come from the north, east, and west of Palestine to come for counseling, to come to be advised. 
by that great man Job. He was a very wealthy man. But the Bible says, one day, the sons of God went to present themselves before God. And the devil himself came also. And God asked him, Satan, where are you coming from? He said, from moving up and down to and fro. In other words, I've been tempting people. People of Confusing them. Walking up and down. And God asks him, Have you come across my servant Job? A perfect and upright man. And Satan tells him, Does Job fear you for nothing? Haven't you put a hedge around him? Take away all that he has. And he will cast you to the face. A showdown taking place. The Lord is showing the devil. I have my and Job didn't know anything that was going on. But he just sees trouble coming his way. He starts losing all his wealth. One by one. Sheep, camels, cattle, everything. Until he lost all his wealth. But then he bows down and he worships the Lord. And he says, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And his riches are an extent of touching his skin. Until he starts scratching himself. He's wondering what is taking place in his life. Do you know that sometimes situations come our way. We pray. We fast. We seek the face of God. You don't know what is taking place. But that God who called you for a purpose. He knows. What is taking place? God knew why Job was undergoing all that. And Job reaches an extent whereby his wife tells him, Curse God and die. And he says, You are speaking like a foolish He persists. He reaches an extent. And he says, I wish I knew where God dwells. I wish I knew his house. I'll go and knock there and fill my mouth with arguments. why all this suffering? Why all this trouble? But the Bible says, one day, God appeared Job. And he told him, Job, now brace yourself as a man. Tell me, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? 
Do you know why I keep hailstone? Uh, Oma nje entereko muzira. Do you know why I keep darkness? Oma nje entereko ekizikiza. And then after all of that. Kati oruvanyimaro Job said, Yobunagamba, my Lord have had you. Mukama wangi nakulira by the hearing of the ear. But now I see you And the prophet says Job was the first man to witness Easter. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives him a revelation. And he says, I know my Redeemer liveth. Even if skin worms destroy this body, yet I will see him. And Brother Branham says, Indeed, he saw him. Because after the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, he went and preached those souls in prison. And then after that, he went to paradise to set free all those Old Testament saints. And the prophet dramatizes it. He says maybe the Lord went and knocked on the door of paradise. And the first man who came out was Job. And he came and saw. And he said, oh, this one is my redeemer. He's my redeemer. I saw that time. Oh, my redeemer lives. And then after all that trouble, God increases him. He increases his strength. He comforts him. He doubles all that he has. Oh, you will increase my strength. God has a purpose. Why these troubles come our way. And his main purpose is that he may form a character in you. His own godly character. The Bible says, whosoever comes to him, he chastens and rebukes. Every child that he calls, he will chasten that child and rebuke that child. He's looking for a character, that godly character in you. And the Bible says, I think in Peter chapter, 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about, looking for someone whom to devour. Just like he walked about to and fro. Up and down the earth. He walks about. Looking for someone whom to devour. And the Bible says, whom resist steadfast in faith. Knowing that all 
these afflictions that come your way, they are being accomplished in all your brethren all over the world. But the God of all grace, after you have suffered for a while, he will perfect you, he will establish you, he will strengthen you. That is the whole purpose. Why he allows troubles to come our way. You have shown me great troubles will quicken me again. You will revive me again. He's looking for a character. He's looking for a character. Hear what the prophet is saying when he was speaking to the Seminarian Church Age, he says, now the Lord Almighty says, I know. There he's walking in the midst of his people. There he's the chief shepherd of the flock. But does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? No, he does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I know that you are poor. I know you don't have children. I know you have this trouble and this one and this one. I know. The Lord knows everything that is going on in your life. The Lord knows it. But sometimes he leaves it there for a purpose. He knows. Amen. I'm not at all unmindful of your suffering. What a stumbling block. This is to so many people. God is not unmindful about his children. He knows whatever is taking place in your life. He knows and here he says, what a stumbling block. Like Israel, they wonder if God really loves them. Just, How can God be just and loving if he stands by and watches his people suffer? That is what they asked in Malachi 1, 1 to 3. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet he says, wherein hast thou loved us? And he says, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Said the Lord, yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage west for the dragons of the wilderness. You see? 
They could not figure out God's love. They thought that love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby without parental care. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care. But God said that his love was elective love. The proof of his love is election. What proves that God loves you is because he elected you. He elected you to Catch this truth. He opened your eyes to this message of the hour. That shows that he loves you. But he can allow troubles. He can allow persecution to come your way. He said, wasn't Jacob a brother to Esau? Yet I hated Jacob. Brother Esau and I loved Jacob. Don't you have brethren? Do they all have, have they all understood this message? How come that you have understood it? And for them they have not seen it. How much you try? It is a sign that God loves you. He can allow troubles. He can allow persecution. But they all come for a purpose. Because he's not the author of frustration. He's the author of peace. And love. He may commit you to suffering as he did Job. That is his, that is his prerogative. He is sovereign. But it is all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he would be the author of frustration. And not the author of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered for a while, we would be made perfect, be established, strengthened, and settled. God wants you settled. God wants you strengthened. God wants you perfected. He's looking for his character in you. Amen? Amen. As he said to Job, he puts strength in us. Rather, as Job said, he puts strength in us. You see? He himself suffered. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And he was actually made perfect by the things that he suffered. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things 
that he suffered. Amen. Amen. Though he was a son of God, Jesus learned obedience through the many things he suffered. Can you imagine a son of God when it comes time to be born He's not born in an affluent place like Kololo but he's born in Bethlehem. Very poor place. Until one time Philip tells Nathaniel we have found him. He says where is he? Can anything come from Nazareth? The prophet says Bethlehem was like a place like Katanga or those poor places. A whole son of God born in such a place. He's born in a manger. He grows under the custodian of a, a carpenter as his foster father. God creating a character in him. But then the Bible says, after overcoming all that, after overcoming even the cross, God gives him a name above all names. That at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. After overcoming all that, he said, all power is given unto me. Both on earth and even in heaven. God is looking for a character in you and me. If he allowed his son to suffer, then what about you? What about me? We have to undergo the same similar process. He will allow troubles to come away. But after all that, he will revive us. He will strengthen us. He will establish us. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. In plain language, the very character of Jesus was perfected by suffering. And according to Paul, he has left his church a measure of suffering that they too by their faith in God while suffering for him would come to a place of perfection. God has left a measure for his church. A measure of suffering for you and me. He's looking for a character. The Bible says, in James 1, it says, count it all joy when you are faced with diverse temptations. For the trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have 
that may be found thorough and entire lacking in nothing. Count it joy, brother, sister. When these troubles come your way. The trying of your faith worketh patience. God is looking for patience in you. He has left a measure of patience. God is looking for loyalty from you. God is looking for meekness. God is a meek God. All those troubles that Moses went through, they were saying that it made him a meek person. That there was no meek there wasn't a meek person like Moses. God is looking for a character. After overcoming all that, after our Lord Jesus Christ he said, come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Learn from me for a meek and lowly and you will achieve a rest for your soul. He is a meek God. He got that character after suffering. And he wants his church to also attain that character of meekness. And it will not just come anyhow. Our prophet told us, character is not a gift. But character is victory. You don't attain meekness. Just as a gift. You are not born, if you are born meek, then that one is not godly. He doesn't count you. But God tries you and tests you. Then after that, He gives you meekness. He gives you loyalty. He gives you patience. After trying you and testing you. God is looking for a character. A godly character. In you and me. And he has left a measure of suffering. Brethren, we have to undergo that suffering to acquire the character of God. Amen? God will use all methods. In that message, as the ego stareth its nest, the prophet says, Mother ego will build her nest on top of the mountain. And then she goes and hunts maybe for a, a, a goat and kills it. Skins it. And put that comfortable skin around the nest inside. And put thorns. 
thorns outside so that no prey can come in and attack the eaglets. And there is a lot of comfort in that nest. Nothing can reach that mountain. But then he says, after the eaglets have started growing, then one day, Lumu, she goes and, you know, tears down all the nest. And then removes them. The eagles may be early in the morning. And it's very cold on top of the mountain. Then she carries them so high. And then after that, she releases them. And then they come tumbling in the wind. All pressures hitting them. And then she dives down. And she lays, she spreads her wings. And they fall on top. After a lot of winds have beaten them. After that wonderful comfort they have, they have been in. But now they are struggling under high pressures of the wind. And then she carries them up again. And then she releases them. She does it several times. Then after that, they are able to withstand all the pressures of those high heights. And the prophet says, that's what God does to his children. He will allow winds to come your way. He will allow persecution. Your own family members will hate you. At your workplace, they will give you names. They will talk ill about you. A lot of pressures everywhere. God is training you. God is looking for a character. A godly character from his children. But then after all that, then he comforts them. Brethren, all those tests that come our way, they come for a purpose. Just like you cannot be promoted from one form to another without undergoing those tests, those exams. But do you know that that time of exams is so uncomfortable? But then after you have passed them and you have been elevated, then there you are full of joy. After you have received that baptism of the Holy Ghost, after waiting upon God for quite long, after laboring day and night, and then he gives him to you, brother, you have been lifted to great great hates. You'll have that confidence of being a true believer. But it may not come overnight. You may seek and you don't get him tomorrow. God is looking at your 
patience. God trying you. He has a purpose in all these things. Amen. He's looking for a godly character. He's looking for a godly character. A lot of times people say, Oh, I'm so much tempted. Blessed be the name of the Lord for the temptations. When I'm weak, then I'm strong, said Paul. Every son that cometh to God must first be tried and tested. And these testings are more sweeter to you and dearer to you than precious gold. It is testing time. Long years ago, before they had the smelters, they used to take the gold and how they would test and prove it is pure gold without iron pyrite or fool's gold. Beaters beat it. And beat it and turned it. And beat it and turned it. Until the beater seen his reflection in the goal. That's the way God does his church. Tests after tests. Trial after trial. Test after test. Until the life of Christ is reflected in your life. Until you become peaceful. Sober. Meek. Gentle. Humble. Ready. Submissive. Willing to turn your head on the things of the world and looking straight to Calvary to the one who is doing the beating. Many times you think it is strange because of fiery trials, sicknesses, and persecutions. It's only done to test you. To get the dirt out of you. To get the sledge out of you. To get the slowness out of you. Amen. Amen. To wake you up. To place you where you can look and see the reflection. Or a man can see the reflection of Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The prophet is telling us he will allow tests upon tests. He wants to remove that slowness. He wants to remove all that gossip that tattling from you. And he uses tests and 
He's looking for his own reflection. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. The prophet says, one time, Lumu, a man saw a shepherd carrying a lamb on his shoulders. And he said, what's wrong with that lamb? And the shepherd said, I broke its leg. He said, hey, you broke its leg? What a cruel shepherd you are. Why did you break it? And he said, you know, this lamb of mine had kind of weird habits. It would feed far away from me. It wasn't like this other sheep. It used to kind of neglect me. So what I did, I broke its leg. And now I'm trying to nurse it. And in the process of nursing it, I'm getting it closer and closer. And now it is seeing my love and my care. And I believe after this, when it is healed, it will be like the rest of the ship. Do you know that our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, he can do a similar thing to you. He can allow that trouble to come your way. That car that you have made an idol in your life. One time it can be wrecked in a terrible accident and you survive narrowly and it is gone completely. That job that hinders you from attending midweek fellowships, from attending the overnight, and you create excuses. Maybe I will leave late. The following morning I will not be able to go and work after spending a whole night in the overnight. One day God can remove that job. And then he sends you back to the streets. He can do anything. But the comfort that we have he does not do that to frustrate us. He's not a God of frustration. He's a God of peace. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. You are rod and you are staff. They comfort me. That staff when you are holding it, then I know that no enemy will reach me. That road, it also comforts me because it's supposed to whip me by allowing troubles 
to come my way. But when I'm so downcast, then that same road, because it has a hook on it, it will hook me and bring me forth and revive me. Amen? Thou which has showed me great and sore troubles, you will quicken me again. And you will bring me up from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Our precious Jesus is supposed to do that. After allowing those troubles, he will increase our greatness. He will give us a godly character. We shall be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he will comfort us. What are you going through tonight? God has a purpose. The Bible says that all things work together for good. And the Bible says, in all things, give thanks. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. One poet sang a song and he said, some through the waters some through the floods some through the fire but all through the blood some through great sorrows but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long after all those troubles he will comfort you. He will raise you to greater heights. He's looking for something in you. His godly character in you. And it will not just come anyhow. It will come through trials. Tests. For every child he receives. God bless you so much. Isn't he a wonderful God? Let us stand up and worship him for a while. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. The angels bow before him. Heavens and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heavens and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God, what a mighty God. What a mighty good we serve. The angels bow.
speak to him for a while. Just for a while you can speak to him. Tell him about his goodness. About his love. About his care. He's not a God of frustration. He's a God of peace. After all that suffering, he will restore you. He will revive you. He will quicken you. He will increase your strength and your greatness. He will establish you. He will perfect you. Oh, he's a wonderful God. Oh, hallelujah. Precious, loving Lord Jesus, how we adore you and worship you and praise you and glorify your name, Father. You are such a mighty and precious God. You are unfailing in all your ways. You are sovereign. You are eternal. Oh, you are a God of peace. Oh, you are a heavenly Father who cares exceedingly for us. We adore you and worship you and praise you and magnify your name. Oh, we exalt you, heavenly Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your care. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, for you are there for us, Lord. You are doing that good work in us. Oh, we appreciate you, Lord Jesus. We shall live to magnify your name and exalt you and extol you, Lord of Angels. You are such a mighty Heavenly Father. There is none who is like you, Lord God. You are Nicole, Heavenly Father. You are matchless, Lord. Oh, you are wonderful, King of glory. We give you praise. We give you adorations. You are mighty, Lord God. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. How loving and caring is the King of kings and Lord of lords. You care exceedingly for us, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, you'll establish us, Lord. You'll strengthen us, Lord. You'll quicken us, Lord. Oh, help us, Father, to surrender all our beings unto you. We need you, Lord. You are our hope. You are our everlasting portion. You are our king. You are our master. You are our redeemer. You are our only Lord. 
We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, King of Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Thank you, our God. Thank you, our King. Thank you, our Savior. Blessed be your sweet and wonderful name. Part of the Lord. Part of the Lord. Part of the Lord. Part of the I give you praise, Lord. I give you adoration. I magnify your name. I exalt and extol the work of it. Blessed be your might and wonderful name. Glory and honor and praise be unto the work of it. We give you praise. We give you glory. We magnify your name and exalt and extol the King of glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for it. Blessed be that sweet and wonderful name. Father, you are wonderful. Father, you are precious. Father, you are glorious. Father. You are able, King of kings and Lord of lords. We serve a true and living God. Oh, Lord Jesus, have your own with us, King of Lord. Oh, you are the potter, we are lamps of clay. Mold us into the right image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, as we are yielded, and still, Heavenly Father, oh, we meet you more than anything, Lord, for ages. Have your own with us. Have your own King of glory. Take full charge and full control of our lives. We surrender all our things at you. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, Blessed be your mighty and wonderful Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, King of glory. Thank you, Master of Life. Thank you, Jesus, because you care. Thank you, Lord, because you are full of grace and mercy. Hallelujah to the Lord. Blessed be your mighty and wonderful name. Tempted and tried, well, of made to wonder why it should be that. Oh 
that he called the mystery of suffering Christians. And there he compiled so many quotes that show, that show the reasons why God allows a Christian to suffer. Like you have heard. Amen. One of the mysteries is about the scripture that talks about Jesus. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus was divine. Yesu yali katonda. He came from God. Yaveri katonda. He was God. Yali katonda. But for him to have the character of obedience. Ne yoku funa embara eyobuulize. Because he needed it. Kubanga yali ajetaga. Of all the characters, what Jesus needed most is obedience. Mombala zonna Yesu yali asingo kwetaga yabugomvu na buulize. How do I obey to death? when I have power to defy it. Because my mission on earth is to die seemingly defeated and I have power not to die. I have power not to die but my mission on earth is to die as if I'm defeated. And sinners come there and mock you and say, physician, save yourself. Get yourself from the cross. And they watch and wait. Ah, he's a fraud. He can't. And you obey. And you have power. But you obey to death. And they blindfold you. And they whip you. If you're a prophet. Prophet don't see with naked eyes. They use spiritual eyes. If you're a prophet, tell us who has slapped you. Like you and you still obey. Now to have that character of obeying you obey to look a fool. No gonda ofana no musiru. You obey to look weak. No gonda ofana ne ngorimunafu. When you are strong, ngatoli wamani. To obey to become like you are a fool when you know. Oku gonda ofuko musiru ngatomani. But you are obeying death. Nengo gonda rokufa. And humiliation and death. No kuswaziwa. He needed that character. Yari eta gembare yo. But he could not get it as, as a gift. He could not get it just like a, inheriting it from, from the Father. 
he could get it by suffering until it formed the things he suffered from childhood they formed that then what about us it's a big mystery why, why God allows us to suffer. And he loves us. He's not the author of frustration. He loves us so much. But he allows certain things to happen in our lives. Amen. Amen. So God bless you. God bless you, Brother Nathan. Brother Nathan, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words of. Uh, so, that is like a shepherd now. Amen. May God bless you. Let's meet again on Friday. We'll have an overnight. So God bless you. Let's release when it's still early. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for comforting us because we go through things and we ask ourselves why but we've learned that one day we'll know it why you allowed it we've learned that you have a purpose for every suffering that we go through you have a purpose you don't have to explain to us you. but you'll tell us one day one day you'll tell us why you allowed those situations and conditions to come in our lives we pray that we may be faithful to you until the end even to obey your word because you told us in all things we should thank you help us to be like that and as we are leaving this place Lord, may we go with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. God bless you you are dismissed Amen by and by when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story of how we'll overcome. We'll understand it better by and by. Oh, by and by, by and by. Oh, when the morning as we give our offerings and tithes as we move out. Oh, we will tell the story of how we overcome. For we'll understand it better by and by. We are often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time. Somber skies are unholy, tempest, of the seed of bright sunshine. 
in that land of perfect day when the leaves have rolled away we will understand it better by and by